0: He was being picky there for a while. Did you Did you see what he said in the chat room?
1: I will not record without this permission.
0: Scuba obsessed. The weekly podcast we talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear to places to dive and scuba new news. Scoop Obsessed, episode 396, recorded live February 14th, 2018. Welcome back to Scoop Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan. We're joining me this week. We have Mac, the dive mentor. How are you doing today, Mac?
1: I'm doing very well and glad to be here.
0: And uh, this is a kind of a, one of our in-between spots we've had since we recorded two weeks ago. We've had warm weather, cold weather, warm weather. I'd say we're kind of in the uh, probably a little bit warmer than normal
1: for right now. February. It, I, I heard it was what, like forty degrees today?
0: Did it get that warm? I, I knew it was uh, at least above freezing. You can you can tell when you walk out and the snow just has that sound where it's a little squishy.
1: Well, I was out Saturday doing some pictures of the piers and the beaches, and the wind chill it was ten degrees. Brr! So ten degrees to forty, been up and down like this.
0: Yeah, kind of an unusual year with this weather. I was well, thinking we we're gonna. Yeah, I was thinking we were all gonna have a. Uh, super huge amounts of ice being built, and then we had that warm streak for a couple days. Thank goodness. Uh, They're they're still saying that uh, the Great Lakes are fairly well ice-covered. It's uh, broken up, I think, in the south half of uh, Lake Michigan.
1: Yeah, I was was flying the other day, and put some pictures out. Uh, I did a little synopsis for a month, what it looked like for a month, Mm -hmm. and captures like every other week. And went from nothing to dusting to the shoreline building up to nothing to oh my god, I had three (laughs) feet of snow, and then I uh, got to go flying, and then you could see the buildup of the ice out uh, probably up to a mile past the piers. You went south, and then it was less when you went north. Then we had that deep freeze again, and that expanded that out another half mile, but. It hasn't been really, really thick, <clears throat> and it hasn't been more than mile, mile and a. Yeah,
0: Schumer but who, who, who knows?
1: L- you've had a lot of beach climbers, though, and that kind of ice, I would be scared to let my kids walk out there.
0: Oh no, I've I, my my rule, unless you've got everybody blessing it, saying it's fine, is just stay off It's you can it, when it builds up, you have cavity cavities and. All sorts of things open up that's not strong, secure ice. It's not like yep. a, if you're up yeah. north on a nice contained lake. That's a lot different type of ice than you're going to get down here in the south part of this Lake Michigan.
1: Yeah, a couple of guys I know were ice fishing. They said at minimum they've had is four to six inches of ice. Uh, and I have been on the on the barriers out there, but I was wearing cleats, flotation yeah. gear if I needed it. And I looked a little funny because I had an eight-foot pole with me, and I kept it under my armpits. So if I fell through, I wasn't going to go all the way down.
0: Yeah, that's a a good idea.
1: And I kept my ice cleats around my arms, uh, you know, the picks. Yep. And I may have looked a little funny, but if I had gone in, I was going to be good, and I could have got out.
0: Yeah, it's not a fashion show. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and – jump right on into the news. we got uh, a chat room, got our regulars. We have Eric and Derek, and uh, Dave's also in there this week. So let's see, what was the the first one we had up is a recall. Shearwater recalls its computer transmitters, and this is uh, from the recall. Over the years, some of our readers have expanded their skills from sports diving to technical diving, and if you're a Shearwater computer user for the later, this recall, oops, This recall notice could be important. Shearwater computers can be gas-integrated with multiple tanks using several transmitters on their first stages. One of the transmitters is now subject to a voluntary recall. Shearwater discovered that the yellow transmitter may have the same transmission interval as one of the gray transmitters. When the transmitters of both colors are used by the same diver in the same dive, signal interference could potentially occur and cause drop signals. Otherwise, the computers are, are not affected. If you've got a Shearwater computer, stop using the yellow tank transmitters and contact the manufacturer at www.shearwater.com forward slash announcements. And we know quite a few people who have the Shearwater. I don't know how many have the uh, wireless transmitters, though.
1: And this is different than the one we had last week because this is a voluntary recall, mm-hmm. the one we talked about last week, week before. Uh They never had a recall.
0: It kind of makes you wonder, with as many of of those systems that are out there, how it took so long for somebody to notice. Or is it one of those things where it works so well 90% of the time that in this particular case, you know, there's some cases where it will flake out a little bit.
1: And again, if it's a shallow item or, you know, a small error, you may not realize it's really an error.
0: Yeah. Uh, not knowing how they work or what frequency they're on, uh, I'm guessing that it might not be something that you would readily notice. So there you go if you have one. Now, do you most of the tech divers um, use those? Would that be something where you've got the transmitters and all your tank down there, or is it something where you might come up and have stage bottles on a different transmitter,
1: I really do not know. I've never used any like that. uh Dave were out there on speaking, maybe he could add his two yeah. cents on that.
0: yeah he's he's saying that uh it's a minimal issue, but Shearwater wants no issues. The air integration is slowly being adopted by the tech world, so as people get more comfortable with the technology that transmits that stuff wirelessly, then uh the convenience. And just to have it all at your computer. You look at the computer, you don't have to fumble around and hunt for tanks. He says that uh, rebreather divers seem to be adopting it faster. And then here we've got one, uh, a Me Too moment in Egypt. We covered something similar a few weeks ago. And this one says, Egypt is unfortunately known as a place where harassing female tourists on the streets is common. But when harassment happened recently on a Red Sea dive trip, one diver took matters in his own hands and with his camera and Egyptian media backed him up by publicly shaming the harasser. Underwater photographer Mohamed Hani was on a dive near Sharam El-Sheikh when he noticed an unc- encounter between a young female diver, whom he supposed was Russian, and her diving instructor both underwater and above. He started tracking the incident underwater with his camera, followed them to when they surfaced, arguing with a woman looking for an escape as soon as she saw the boat. Looking relieved, she asked for help to board to be protected from her instructor. The man doing the harassing threatened Hanny twice, first when Hanny tried to intervene and then realizing he had photos. Hanny took the photos to the Arab News Channel, saying he had chosen to expose the man so this company could deal with him Legally, in order to preserve the reputation of Egypt's tourism. Al and that's not correctly pronounced, I'm sure, published Hani's photos and kudos to both for exposing the harasser and making him think twice before they get grabby. So it that's must have been, like, go ahead.
1: Must have been pretty obvious and blatant if it's on the video, also.
0: Well, that's what I'm wondering. You know, I'm, you know, maybe from a Western perspective, when. You know, you hear about these things, you're thinking, you know, cat calling or maybe just, uh, some light, inappropriate touching. But this is, it sounds like it had to, to be noticed from a distance underwater. Yeah. I understand the water's clear, but that had to have been some pretty brazen and obnoxious and pretty inappropriate. Yeah, pretty blatant. So, uh. Yeah, hopefully that's that's an issue. If if you want Eve to be a tourism source, that's something that they're going to have to get under control.
1: And it's good that he thought about that from that perspective of both the woman first, and mm-hmm. take it the way he did, not yeah. just confront the guy himself, but take it till we got that publicity. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So without, without going into the politics, this is 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 certainly. Inappropriate, and, and you hope that this happens less, not only in Egypt but elsewhere around the world. And then we have the next article: is why are red sea sharks biting more often?
1: Now, I thought that article was pretty darn good, and it gave some good items of why that it might be happening.
0: Now, where was this article from? Was it a particular source, or
1: right off the bat, I couldn't
0: you can't remember (laughs) but i
1: came oh um i know what it was it was an undercurrent magazine
0: oh undercurrent okay
1: right and it was um uh, they had printed several insert articles as they were talking about some other items and trips and i thought this one was really interesting
0: yeah it says if a shark decides to bite you there's little you can do the question is why are red sea sharks biting more divers these days Oceanic white tip shark which swim in tropical and warm temperate seas are often encountered in Red Sea dive sites such as the Brother Islands near the Egyptian coast, but recently have started to bite divers more than they had in the past. Dan White, a British diver, posted a video online that he shot of a shark biting a diver in the area in early November. He was filming an oceanic white-tip circling the boat, while he was doing a deco stop, he looked relaxed and was swimming about casually, but then about 20 divers from other boats surrounded it and eventually got spooked. The shark then made an antagonistic display with its pectoral fins down and back arch. but the divers didn't seem to notice the change in its demeanor. Then the shark became interested in one particular diver wearing a shorty, particularly attracted by the action of his bare white legs as he swam. The diver fended it off three times. A diver from a different boat and wearing a side mount tank saw what was happening, but unaware of the danger, took his eyes off the shark. In that instant, the shark bit one of his calf muscles cleanly off. All divers then scram- scrambled from the water. The victim was recovered to his own liveaboard. Luckily, an ex-marine medic who was a passenger on White's boat was there to help stabilize him, and he was motored back to the mainland. You can see in White's video. Uh, the oceanic white tip are an ocean roving scavenger, constantly searching for a meal. They have wide ranging tastes and will investigate anything, including resting seabirds and coconuts floating on the surface. In the icy seas, busy sea lanes, they have learned to follow the loud nose of freighters traveling to and from the Suez Canal, because their galleys tend to dispose of waste over the stern. This has been going on for more than a hundred years. Nowadays, Red Sea liveaboards travel in convoys while making the long crossing from the mainland for safety reasons, but that means there can be a lot of divers in the water at one time and can make it easy pickings for the sharks. The liveaboard, with their onboard generators, compressors, big engines make the same sounds as the freighters The oceanic white trip sharks have learned to follow. The sounds ring a dinger, dinner bell for the shark. This is why they approach divers closely near where the liveaboards are moored, looking for any sign of weakness, Silent rebreathers can attest to the fact that a large number of open-circuit divers together in the water can produce a deafening roaring noise from the regulators as they exhale air, which can result in problems with these sharks, as Dan White's video shows. Baiting sharps doesn't help matters. Diver Oliver Ollendorf took pictures of the liveaboard crew baiting the waters at the Daedalus reef to entice ocean white tips a week before the shark attacked that white filmed. While Daedalus Reef is 125 miles from Brother Islands, the sharks have been regularly seen feeding on sewage outflows from moored boats. (coughs) No matter where you're diving, and no account should any diver or boat crew harass any shark, they'll usually make a close inspection, then move on. If you're in the water with an oceanic white tip shark and feel uncomfortable, leave the water as soon as practical. Never swim at the surface in the presence of oceanic white tip because this, that is where they commonly find their food. Since White's video went online, there have been more bites by divers and oceanic white-tipped sharks. They haven't been as serious, but they're still very concerning. Egyptian authorities reaction to temporary suspend diving activities at the Brother Island for all December in hopes the problem sharks or sharks will move elsewhere. Yeah, that is interesting.
1: Did they say it was hanging around sewage outlets on the boats? Yes. I don't I'm not. I don't know anything about what they're eating, but I didn't think that was something that was on Ross their diet. Yeah,
0: I would. I wouldn't think so. Now, is it one of those things where they they hang around and maybe selectively filter? Because where does kitchen scraps go in a boat? You know, if I'm if I'm chopping stuff up, do I? Is there like a garbage disposal which goes out the same system?
1: I don't know. I know back in the day. They'd package it and put it overboard. I know I'm the troop carriers ours on one time, yeah, they would deliberately put food over to see what they could draw to the boat, <laughs> yeah. for your <the> amusement
0: <clears throat> and you, and there's probably some of that going on
1: yeah, when wow. you get bored, you get dangerous, that's all I got to say
0: <laughs> yeah well the the shorties with the with the white legs I mean it's like t- saying don't don't put me in the water,
1: oh yeah. You know, I I thought it was untrusting, and uh, their logic behind it about following the noise. Uh, We've got a history now of following the the freighters because they dumped their trash. That Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. But but agitating by by dating the sharks a week before you're going to have people out there undiving, not a good idea.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of that chumming or any of that. I think you're just conditioning them because. What what did they observe right before you started chum? It was that dive boat coming up? Ah. So that they're now associating dive boat with chum, and uh, maybe that makes great for uh, videos and stuff. But,
1: uh, yeah,
0: not a big fan.
1: So Shackleton's next.
0: Yep, it says search for Shackleton's Antarctic shipwreck turns back to avoid a deadly ice trap. We've talked about this a few times, and I know. Uh, last week when we, we didn't uh, have a podcast, they were getting pretty close. Uh, there's some reports saying that they were in the area, and they said with worsening weather and nearby impenetrable sea ice have forced the research ship to abandon its search of the 1915 wreck of er- Ernest Shackleton's ice-bound ship Endurance in, in Antarctica's Weddell Sea. Inclement weather and heavy ice also caused a loss of one or two autonomous Underwater vehicles that had spent several days searching for the wreck on the seafloor. AUVs were transported by South African Polar Research Ship, was it Agulus II? The exhibition team announced February 14th that they had abandoned the search for the wreck, and the uh, Agulus II is now returning northward to the edge of the Waddle Sea to avoid being trapped. As a team, we are clearly disappointed not been successful in our mission to find the Endurance, said British maritime archaeologist Menson Bound, the director of exploring phase of the Waddle Sea expedition. Like Shackleton before us, who describes a, the graveyard of the Endurance as the worst portion of the worst sea in the world, our well-laid plans were overcome by rapidly moving ice and what Shackleton called the evil conditions of the Weddell Sea. The endurance was crushed by ice and sank the seafloor in November 1915, forcing Shackleton and his crew to trek on foot and float on sheets of ice for hundreds of miles across the harsh Antarctic terrain to Elephant Island, the northern tip of the Antarctic Peninsula. Shackleton and his five men then navigated in a small lifeboat for 800 miles to a whaling station in the subpolar island of South Georgia to bring help to the remaining crew. Remarkably, all 27 members of the expedition survived the ordeal which is a huge accomplishment.
1: I wonder how many volunteered to go back.
0: I would have taken that as, you know what? You got lucky once. (laughs) But, you know, some people maybe felt they had learned enough about it and and thought maybe they could avoid it again. Look at that photo of that uh, research vessel there. Is that how they haul stuff up? Is that like a...
1: I was looking at that, and it makes sense. Cause so you come up to the shelf like that, it it articulates up over the shelf and gets you away from the edge, and then they move it over and make their station. That uh-huh. is a pretty cool picture.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and for those who aren't watching, we'll have links in the show notes. It looks kind of like uh, something you'd almost see in a fishing boat. You know, like the the they use to pull you know crab pots on or off. Mm-hmm. But this is a much, I don't say much right. larger. It's a, it's a pretty significant vessel. It's got a helicopter pad at the, the aft end. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting.
1: I didn't realize that the uh, endurance was 9,800 feet
0: underwater. Oh, I didn't either.
1: Said uh, researchers hope that the two AUVs on board. It helped them find the wreck of the Endurance, which is thought to rest about ninety-eight hundred feet or three thousand meters of water beneath the sea of ice. Wow! Yeah,
0: because I, I thought they had uh, had somebody had thought that they had found it, or maybe they had seen part of the wreckage. But wow, that's that's deep to be looking ten thousand feet.
1: Yeah. Well, that's going to go in a minute when we'll you talk about that other uh, aircraft carrier. World. Yeah. But I thought it was good. It said. Uh, the other AUV went missing completely a few days ago after it'd been searching underwater for more than 30 hours and had traveled beneath a large ice floe. Ooh, so maybe it ran into a nice UFO down there and the AUV is wedded to the UFO.
0: They gobbled him up. Yeah. It's it's connecting in the internet. It's probably I wonder if it had a Netflix subscription. It could be it could be watching something right now, maybe Stranger Things. And then here we have an article and it's, uh, when a shark tank dive experience at scuba day at the ABQ aquarium, just making sure Craig was still there, uh, Albuquerque is from Albuquerque, New Mexico, no ocean, no problem. Attendees can learn all about the sport of scuba diving at the ABQ BioPark's Aquarium aquariums during scuba day. The event will take place February 16th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and visitors will take part in special activities, including a narrated Shark Tank dive at 2 p.m. The public will also be able to sign up to become members of Albuquerque's Dive Club, the Desert Divers, in addition to learning about local diving sites. Guests are also invited to enter a giveaway for a dive at the the Aquarium's own Shark Tank. Winners must be SCUBA certified. In order to redeem their dive prize, winners have one year to redeem it.
1: So I would like win, to I'd like to do that. <coughs> yeah,
0: so if you win it, you have to become certified if you're not already to redeem it. So kind of a win win. You get a new diver out of it and they get to go in the shark tank.
1: <coughs> I like the idea of visibility in warm water this time.
0: Yeah. It's a nice tank they've got there. If that if that's a photo of the tank, I'm assuming it is.
1: Yeah. I wonder if you win, if you still have to pay admission. Yeah,
0: sometimes.
1: Well, they said the special event is included with with regular admi- admission.
0: <laughs> I think what they're referring to is that you get to uh, you get to go to the area where they're doing the uh, oh uh, the tours. And then here's an article, and I'm not sure what this website is, and it looks kind of spammy, but it is from a website called thefrisky.com. Woohoo! Yeah, and it says, Why you should go scuba diving. Self, self-care is incredibly important, especially in the times we're living in where we are focused on stressful situations on a daily basis. <coughs> now, one of the best forms of self-care is finding yourself a hobby to enjoy that will give you additional strength to move on through what lies ahead. If you ask us, traveling is one of the best things to invest money in, as nothing can replace the power of meeting new cultures and new people, and with it, islands offer something that may not, that not many areas can, and that is scuba diving. Scuba diving, which is becoming quite popular during the past few decades, is unique activity allows you to explore what lies below the water surface and enjoy an environment that we as humans aren't used to. Egypt has been one of the most attractive scuba diving destinations for years, and now Certain islands like Bali and Maldives are joining in, but we can't go without mentioning the perils of the Indian Ocean. Oh, mentioning the pearl of perils. The pearl of the Indian Ocean, Indonesia. It offers amazing scuba diving trips, and once you go there, we guarantee you won't be disappointed. Without further ado, let's go ahead and look at why you should go scuba diving. Before we get to that section, I almost think that we should probably start a pool of if we can bet how old the author is by the terminology, because I, I i you kind of pick up on, uh, you know, different cues in this. And I'm guessing this is a younger aged writer who's, who's talking about this. Also, I said this is spammy. I'm thinking that, uh, based on all the name drops they did, these are all advertisers and whatever this, this, uh, website is. So number one, first and foremost, is it's an activity that doesn't require much organi- organizing effort from your site. The only thing you have to do is travel to a given place and follow the instructions and of course pass a relevant training program if you're planning to do some deep scuba diving. On the other hand, scuba diving agencies cover and organize everything else, and we recommend you look at all the great Patty IDC Gilly Island Trip Advisor offers. What? <laughs> <coughs> Doesn't require much organizing effort from your site. Are you there, Mac?
1: I think the term is not a native speaker. Oh, okay. Pretty close, but not not hundred.
0: Not a hundred percent, but maybe if you're doing an um, some sort of program, you're letting them. Yeah, I guess it depends on how you're diving. It doesn't require much organizing effort. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. That's this is. They're not a native speaker. Okay, number two, along with that, scuba diving allows you to explore unknown marine life and provides an experience like no one else. And wherever you go, you will have different experiences to see new things, whether you're taking a dip in a cold northern sea or enjoying tropical waters waters in the Indian Ocean and Caribbean. You're sure to have an excellent time exploring what lies down below. In the end, only 30% of our planet is covered by land, and you know what that means. It means you have more than 70% of the Earth's surface to explore doing diving. Sure. Okay. Along with that, one of the most zen experiences you can have once you're underwater is that no one and nothing to distract you, no traffic jams or people calling, just you and the sound of your breath, and yes, the beautiful forms of life around you. Now, they're, they're, they've actually got something. Number four, you will experience how it is to be weightless and feel like you're part of of marine as you will not have to come back to surface for every few minutes you'll be able to completely relax and let your mind roam free. Yes, I'm certainly agreeing the uh not native speakers. <laughs> uh which which I have to say, I'm 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 not native speak I'm barely native speaking English, let alone any languages. So that's uh not my criticism of just this is funny English. Uh, last but not least, you'll be meeting a lot of like-minded people forming, bond, forming bonds that could last your lifetime. It's not a rare case that people find their soulmates on scuba diving trips in the Paddy, ID, IDC, Gill Island. Scuba diving provides a variety of options to support your social experience. I think we figured out who sponsored this. You think? Yeah.
1: I like the little part, though. Completely relax and let your mind roam free. You know, if you're 150 foot down, I don't think I want my mind roaming too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, there's nothing to worry about. Problems, just make sure you got enough air in your gear so it's positively buoyant so that they can use it for the next diver.
1: I noticed a lot of their pictures was uh, from lots of different sources. Wikipedia, yeah. dive tours, yeah. Yeah. Well, Scuba Com.
0: Well, I get requests all the time on our website of people wanting to do guest spots. Yeah, you know, we well, you know you don't have to do anything. We'll just send an article and you just publish it. You know, you get complete approval. And we don't do that. We don't do guest spots on our website or blogs or posts or anything. Uh, that's why we're Patreon supported. Uh, but uh, that when you when you come across these articles and magazines, that's what it is. Somebody. Somebody from that, I'm men right there. We've you've identified the name drop of that dive shop, which is uh they're giving a Tripadvisor link, but that that's who sponsors it. That's they they and they may not know they're sponsoring it. That's the thing is that somebody uh, called them up and said, hey, you want to get more positions or more business? So they they bought some sort of package, and somebody wrote this article. And they've I bet if I copy some of these. Uh, sentences and put them in Google. We'll find ten or fifteen instances where the same article is showing up. Because that's the only reason why you would ha- you'd be using these uh, public domain sources for images, because you don't want to pay anybody. So, there you but go. I
1: agree, everybody should go scuba diving.
0: Yeah. The author, give it a shot. Give it a is shot. P- Peter Makanos, Which I mean, is that like a Greek? Named? Sounds Greek to me. Yeah. But let's see this. I'm, yeah. Gil Islands Tripadvisor. Okay. I'm going to bite and click on it. Let's see where that is out of. Indonesia.
1: Yeah. Indonesia. There you go. Well, 125 reviews and they're all 100%. Yeah.
0: So they got somebody which, who's managing Which makes
1: that. me believe that a lot. Yeah that
0: I there, there's not anything other than excellent. So I think these are one of these zero to hero type of locations.
1: Yeah some of the uh reviews are in, are, are are cute. <laughs>
0: well, I bet it's one of the requirements that if you're a uh, a student there you have to write three or four positive reviews for them. Huh? So here they had 125 reviews. All of them are five star, not anything less than five star. And they're number seven out of 47 on the tours in that area. <laughs> so that lets you know that there is a lot of people gaming the system.
1: Hey, name of the game. There you go. Is it buyer beware?
0: Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and then this next one is a wreckage of World War II aircraft carrier found in the South Pacific Ocean. More than 75 years after the aircraft carrier USS Hornet sank in World War II battle, researchers have uncovered its wreckage three miles under the South Pacific Ocean. The Hornet played a role in several key events of the war, including Doolittle Raid on Japan and a pivotal battle of Midway. Since it sank, its resting place has been a mystery. An expedition crew funded by Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen has been searching for historically significant sh- shipwrecks using research vessel Petrol. We had Hornet on our list of World War II warships that we wanted to locate because it's a place in history as an aircraft carrier that saw many pivotal moments in naval battles. Robert Kraft, director of subsea operations for Allen's company Vulcan, said in a statement, the team used data from national and naval archives, including a dive from an autonomous underwater vehicle to find the ship, they located in the ocean around the Samo- Samoan Islands late last month. Photos Solomon. Released- Solomon? They Solomon.
1: Solomon Islands.
0: Mm-hmm. Did I say salmon?
1: You didn't say Solomon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I-
0: uh, photos released by the research team show an anti aircraft gun and other weapons and the wreckage deep under the ocean. Look how clear those photos are. I was
1: going to say, did you notice the lack of vegetation?
0: Yeah, very little. I mean, it's like some light sponges.
1: Yeah. Uh, but that for is a how nice many
0: years? To... How many years has that been? Seventy-five.
1: Yeah. 1942.
0: That looks like you could just about bring it to the surface. I mean, there's not a ton. You don't have a ton of concretions on it or... Wow. The Hornet was sunk by Japanese forces in the battle of Santa Cruz Island in October 1942. Japanese bombers and toward torpedo planes heavily damaged the ship, eventually causing its crew to abandon it. When they left, they were dead in the water. Richard Nowlatsky, who was a gunner on the ship and survived the battle, told CBS News they used armor-piercing bombs. Now when they come down, you hear them going through the decks plink, 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 and when they explode, the whole ship shakes. Two Japanese destroyers eventually launch an additional torpedo attack sinking the Hornet. It was in commission service for just over a year, according to the to uh, a Navy history with the loss of the Hornet, serious damage to the enterprise battle. Santa Cruz was a Japanese victory, but at an extremely high cost, retired rear Admiral Samuel Cox director of Naval history and heritage command said a statement about half the Japanese aircraft engaged were shot down by greatly improved us Navy anti-aircraft defenses. As a result, Japanese carriers did not engage again in a battle for almost two years. Most famously, during the Doolittle Raid in April of 1942, 16 B-50, B-25 planes took off from the ship and bombed targets in Japan, including Tokyo, the heavily laden bombers, which were not designed to land on an aircraft carrier forced to try and land in China or in the Soviet Union. Wow. So, they took, so bombers took off from the deck. While the material damage inflicted by Doolittle's raiders proved small, the Navy said the effect on the, of the air raid on Japanese capital itself proved enormous. The researchers added that this is the first air operation to strike Japan and proved an important American morale boost since the devastating Pearl Harbor attack. The ship also fought in the Battle of Midway, where U.S. carriers sank four Japanese aircraft carriers. Many naval historians view Midway as a turning point in the war in the Pacific. The Hornet received four battle stars for its service in the war. This particular article didn't show the side scans, but somewhere on Facebook, I thought I saw side scans with it with the aircraft carrier looking like it was sitting flat in the bottom. Huh. I don't, and, give me a second. Yeah. And when I first saw that, I was thinking, that can't be a real photo. I mean, it just looked too perfect. Oh. Did you find oh, it?
1: Yeah. Hang on <laughs> a second. Let me look at that
0: yeah that's that made well, I, was...
1: I think that's it's almost like a three d mm-hmm. modeling and it's on the side
0: yeah d- dave said he's he's shared some on facebook
1: yeah it looks like he's it's sitting on the side
0: yeah but those are oh some amazing... I'm, I'm
1: looking at the other pictures let me send this to you this is okay. you see that one and you're right in one picture it looks like it's almost on the on on straight and level it's yeah, got it just, tractors on board. Those are cool photos. Darn. Wow. Yeah, that one shot is. It's almost nice and even on the bottom. You could take off from that.
0: Yes. Yeah, so.
1: With your submarine.
0: Because I'm not picturing that an aircraft carrier, when it goes down, goes down real, really well. But that looked like didn't look too bad.
1: That was pretty nice. Must've, it seems like it must have sunk very slow. It got a lot of the air out, so it didn't blow out, yeah, but uh some of the gun turrets quite interesting
0: yeah and they and the one the one they show where it initially impacted the bottom and then where it laid, so it, might, it came down bow first,
1: oh yeah, I'll see that now the side scan, yeah, that is a cool picture
0: very nice.
1: how did the viewers get to see this? Beautiful. How we're going to make sure the viewers can see this?
0: Uh, I don't
1: know. <laughs> it's just to too fall. bad this is not in 150 foot of water.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine that? Of course, it'd have probably been stripped bare by now.
1: Well, I don't know. Be protected on great legs.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. that well, I see that photo you're talking about where it's kind of sitting there a little bit tilted in the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's.
1: And that tractor just sitting there, chained to the deck. Yep. You can read the freaking name on it: International Harvester. It looks like you could almost put that little sucker up, put it on the surface, drive it away. Tires are still on too. Surprise! Me. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: That mile, that yep. I thought the tires would have. Would
0: well, you? Would would they have used? Uh, Solid water.
1: Core. Solid core. <laughs>
0: Solid core, or uh, I know sometimes they would fill the tires with water for mass.
1: I don't know. That was interesting.
0: You know, if that was in diving depth, you'd swear somebody walked over and wiped the nameplate off.
1: Yeah. Because that's that's what you see. That's why I looked at and said, wait a minute, I can read that. Wow. Yeah, that picture is uh, January 21st. Yeah? Yeah, talk about current. They got a couple of bucks invested in uh, doing this research.
0: Yeah, they're, they're recommending in the chat room that we share them on the Facebook page. Yeah, which we can. Well, at least we'll share the link that yes Mac put in there. Yeah, we'll you put want the Facebook page and just follow and take a look. So yeah, we'll do. We'll I'll do that tonight before we we end the show. Thanks, Karen and Dave for the suggestion. Okay, let's see. Well, that does it for Scuba News. We have one more article, which is kind of a potentially cool scuba gear. And uh seems like the only time I find about anything new in scuba gear is a Kickstarter project, which is exactly what this one is. This is Ocean's S1 Scuba Dive Computer. It says, Team Ocean's has created a new scuba dive computer complete with a buddy communication system, which they've launched via Kickstarter this week with early bird pledges. Available from 250 pounds, offering a considerable 40 percent savings on the recommended retail price will take effect once the campaign comes to an end. Watch a demonstration video to learn more how the ocean's S1 supersonic dive computer and its features. Development team behind the ocean's S1 supersonic dive computer and buddy communication system explain more about its inspiration. They say, hand signals work well, but they're hampered by one obvious caveat. The signal relies on divers looking at each other, but improving underwater communications is hard. Radio waves used for communications on land fade away instantly underwater. In addition to high-end features like retina class color display, three-axis digital compass, haptic feedback, wireless charging, we're adding a new dimension to recreational dive computers, buddy communication. And they give a list of all sorts of uh, features that it has.
1: I'd be very interested in how they mean underwater communications. Do that, are they talking buddy to buddy, or are they talking communications wireless to your console?
0: From what I, cause I went and looked at the Kickstarter project, uh, and there it looks like they may make it. There's no guarantee. They're, you know, they're not crushing it, but they're certainly on a pace that they'll reach it before the end. So by the time you hear this, if you're within a week or two of uh, of us recording it, it's, it's probably still an active campaign. Uh, but what they do on the kickstars are showing that if you had a dive group, you could do a recall from this. And that's been something that we've been concerned with is how do you recall divers? So if everybody in a dive group had one of these, you could actually issue a recall. What I'm guessing, and I haven't watched the video is that there's some like pre set, statements that you can say. Uh, And it appeared to be point-to-point communication, so you could pick a diver and communicate specifically with that diver. What I thought was interesting is that it doesn't come with a charger. It it uses wireless charging, kind of like uh, some of the modern cell phones are using, and it uses Bluetooth to get the log data out. So with that, it means that you'd have a a dive computer that's pretty well sealed. You know, it's like factory sealed. You wouldn't have to, you know, be opening it up to change the battery or to plug in a, a port. So I, I kind of like that feature. So as always, they just have to send us one. We'd give it a try. Uh, actually, you'd have to send us four or five of these.
1: What is that word? That, uh, H-A-P-T-I-C haptic
0: haptic. It's like if you, if you, uh, Are typing characters like on a phone, have you ever feel like it kind of bumps or vibrates as you type the character? I don't know if you've, you've, you've done that on a smartphone.
1: Well, I did. No, (laughs) no, I'm not that smart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's what it is. So it's, it's because you don't, you know, because they're flat screens. When you touch them, it kind of like vibrates back as if it was like a click on the old mechanical keyboards. It's to try and give you some sort of, uh, sense that you're actually doing something. So uh that's yeah, it says here
1: uh, recreates the sense of touch by applying the forest vibrations or mm-hmm. motions to the user. Uh this yeah. mechanical stimulation can be used to assist in the creation of virtual objects in a computer simulation and to control virtual objects to enhance control. Yeah. But from the tactile aspect, if I got a rubber glove on, can I still feel it?
0: It would depend on how aggressive they do it. What what they frequently are is their motors inside the device. Because like if if you've got your phone on vibrate, yeah. that's 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 haptic. Okay. Uh, uh, they just typically do it for a shorter amount of time. Uh, and there's different types of motors. If you're buying electronics and you're building a device, they have different ways of of doing the same thing.
1: Did you look this one up
0: on the Kickstarter? Yeah. I did. I, I don't have it open right now.
1: Okay. I'm just curious because that would be something to look at with the communications factory. Excuse me. Alone.
0: Yeah. So let's take a look. Okay. Here we are. And uh, the the unit of money is S-E-K, which I'm not sure what that is. I, I have a feeling it's Scandinavian. The location Stockholm, Sweden, so it must be whatever the Swedish uh, funds are. But in Euros.
1: Oh, uh, let's just, divers communicate through pings. I just saw that. Your Atlas.
0: Yeah, the S1 sends a ping message as to each paired dive computer and shows notification display with the name of the diver looking for attention.
1: Now, that's uh, not a bad idea either.
0: No, so what it's, it's basically doing is saying, hey, look at. So-and-so, because you really have a limited uh, bandwidth. So it's it's going to be very low frequency and sonic that's sending it out. So they're probably being conservative and, and uh, you know, limiting what it yeah, is. Yeah, they said so.
1: 45 feet max. And uh, the key item, if you're both on a wreck and looking around and not paying attention to your buddy and you got a problem, you get that ping, you'll turn around and look for them. Yes. That's that's what I'm saying. That's not a bad.
0: <clears throat> well, and if you think about it, like say we're you know your dive boat, it seems conceivable that you could have something that drops into the water. You know, maybe that's what you know, I was an, thinking too. Yeah, an anchor line, and you could do it saying, "Hey, recall," and maybe they could have you know, "recall weather," or "recall whatever," or just "recall." You know, whatever, you know, just get people up. Uh, but okay, I like
1: that. The- that S.E.K., by the way. 2999 equals 324 American dollars. Yes. If it reaches production, the plan price is $566. Two can be had for 756 So, you know, 250 is not exactly what I was thinking. But, um, 566 could be. Yeah. Well, you buy two, it's a lot cheaper. And it is interesting.
0: Yeah, because the 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 early bird price is three twenty four, so they're all through those. The two pack is seven fifty six, four thirty two. Uh, yeah. So what they're they're doing is they're is, you know they got their initial sales to get the buzz going and yeah. But right right now they've got twenty three thousand five hundred twenty four pledged out of thirty seven eight oh three goal. That's sixty nine backers and they have twenty two days to go, so you know they they seem to be on pace, but it's it's still not a guarantee. It Just depends how many people they can get. But yeah. I think it looks interesting. The thing with something like this is that one doesn't do you any good. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just at that point, it's just a dive computer. You need somebody else to have it, uh, and that's the challenge with all these. Is that Really, what needs to happen is all these dive computer companies need to open source this. And then, you know, if you've got a Shearwater that can talk to an Aries that can talk to, you know, another uh, Sunto, uh, now you've got something. But when everybody's got to have the same dive computer, you know, our club, I, you know, Shearwater may be the most. Prevalent, but not by a lot. I mean, I doubt we got more than, you know, I doubt there's three of any one dive computer that are di- in our dive club. I think it's probably be correct. Of different ones. I'm sorry.
1: I said you'd be correct.
0: Yeah. Oh, Swedish krona or krona, krona. Yeah. One krona is 11 US dollars.
1: Oh, krona was a beer.
0: Yeah, no, it's 0.11 US dollars, okay. The digital tank bangers on Dave's side, in a way it is, except for you know which who is banging the tank. Interesting. Well, if you get one, let us know how you like it. Well, that does it for Scuba in the News. And again, want to apologize to everybody for missing last week, but I was coughing a lung out, so... uh uh, an hour and a half episode would have probably been about 10 minutes worth of content. <laughs> Couldn't bear editing that much out. And if you're enjoying the program, we certainly would appreciate the support. We have picked up a few Patreon supporters, but we're we're still in need as we continue in the the year. So if you can head on over to our Facebook, not Facebook page, you can do that too. But our website, com. Click on the Patreon link, and uh, any amount would be appreciated. If you can't do that, we understand. If we could get a five-star review on your platform of choice, and uh, somehow last last episode we talked about that we had been ranked number one on the scuba diving podcast. Don't know what the criteria is, and uh, but we'll take it and certainly appreciate it. Uh, Also, something I've noticed is that if on the website we're starting to see some activity on the. Uh, putting a pin in the fan map so look around on the website see if you can find that link and put your pin and you'll be able to see all the other listeners program who are on on the fan map like to have somebody from each state and each country on there eventually yeah it must be the jokes that got us the number one ranking (laughs) maybe it was in spite of that well, let's see, two weeks, we should have had a ton of people diving. Do you know anybody who was doing any diving recently, Mac? Yeah, maybe we lost him.
1: Or did I lose you?
0: Ah, there you are.
1: Yeah, i was like what? I Realize I'm talking to nobody.
0: There, I hear you now.
1: All those pearls of wisdom I was just spouting forth just went to the outer well, space. Then what the heck?
0: All, all, all the good benefits. <laughs> just the the universe appreciates it.
1: Yeah. I bet.
0: So I was asking, or or maybe you were answering me. Uh, did it, do you know if anybody's got any good dives in the last? That's, couple
1: of weeks? Yeah, that's what I was answering. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> what I was saying is the last couple of weeks, no. And did you get the part about Kevin? had hurt his arm.
0: Oh no, I I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's didn't. why he's
1: not been in the water because he would be, oh. uh, especially with the ice.
0: Now, um, what was, was it? Uh, are we allowed to to know why was he uh, partaking in the uh, frozen? Uh, ice crystal activity I, I think, on mountains. No,
1: I I think it was uh work related. Oh, do you do know that I uh he's now engaged as of today.
0: Oh no, I hadn't well congratulations.
1: Yeah, yeah your your kids had it on that site.
0: Oh, okay. So that's yeah, a big no. one.
1: But yeah, uh, that's Bob huge. hadn't been yeah. out because you know he's doing all that work around the house.
0: Yeah, I saw he was uh doing kitchen projects.
1: Well he was uh replaced all the rugs, uh, the carpet put on hardwood mm-hmm. floor No, oh. i know yeah. I, my, i'd like to do that but i just don't have the uh mechanical abilities
0: yeah you know you, know you, you know you you say that and uh that's what my wife and i this evening were i guess you could call it valentine's day project yeah. uh we we went and looked and uh i'll probably pick up the stuff but it's going to take me a while i got robotics here for the next six to eight weeks but we'll get started. It'll be that, that's that's what all the cool kids are doing. They're all getting the hardwood floors. So and I'm dreading it because uh I don't know if you've been in my house
1: uh long time ago.
0: Yeah, cuz I've got uh it's kind of like the, the it was the the hardwood floors, but it's like a uh like a parquet type of, you know, that it was It was a glue down. It was before they had all these floating floors like they do now. But it was the, uh, you know, it's not solid. It's not, you know, a two-inch board solid all the way through. It's wood all the way through, but it's more like uh, uh, plywood with the top, you know, eighth inch being a finished surface. So it's nice, but I've got that. And then uh, that was the the hallways in the kitchen and dining room. And then the living room is carpet, and after, oh, geez, it's been almost twenty five years. The carpet's looking pretty bad. It's a Berber, so it, it holds up, but farm kids and farm animals tend to uh, take an impact on carpeting. So <laughs> I that can means, imagine that, that will be my 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 project. So uh, that and painting, because you can't just do one project. I do them. So all the you know paint all the kitchen cabinets and redo the floors and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, but she's been a, a robot widow for the last, uh, five weeks so far. So I guess she's earned it. Um, Dave saying in two weekends we have uh thin ice dives, including some free divers. And then Karen said, uh, she got in the pool in Kalamazoo and the SAS group got a couple in a, uh, a group, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, congratulations for her her house project. That looks like that's coming along quite nicely.
1: As long as somebody shuts that damn door, or did you see the pictures of the, somebody left the door open again so the snow blew in through no. the front? Yeah, put a picture of that on. And then uh. when she was plowing out that drift in front of her house where the snow is higher than the the snowblower, I've been there before.
0: Yeah, where you got to like, uh, so you've got the shovel to knock it down so you can blow it out of the way?
1: Just about.
0: Oh, that's terrible. Well, yeah, she's sharing the photos now. So if you're not in the chat room, you're missing out. Some good shots in there. Well, do you have a safety story this week?
1: Well, I don't have a safety story, but I did come across uh it's one of those items most of us already know, but I love Divers Alert Network. If you don't you know, if you're not a, a Dan member, you should be. And yep. if you don't go through and read their articles, and all their educational <coughs> items that are available, you're really missing out. And you don't even need to be a Dan member to do that. Just get online and look up Dan. But one of the items I looked up here, and it's stuff that we already know, but it says, the most common causes of out-of-air emergencies. And number one, they always say it's always lack of awareness. You're not paying attention. Number one is diving too deep, because your gas consumption increases dramatically. You're... Decompression obligation builds up, um, and aluminum 80 is not meant for deco dives. And running out of gas at depth puts you at risk for a long, hazardous ascent. Pretty much we know that. But diving too deep, if you maintain, look at your pressure gauge, watch your time, shouldn't be an issue, but lack of awareness. The other one is staying too long. Sooner or later, you consume your gas reserves. Determine an advanced tank pressure, which you need to turn back, Start your ascent. During the dive, actively monitor tank pressure. Turn back on time. Absolutely. Number three is working too hard. Uh, Fighting a strong current, hunting, or lack of buoyancy control affects your air consumption. Exertion at depth speeds up depletion of your tank. So if you're not accustomed to diving in strong currents, surf, seek training prior to, and definitely monitor your air consumption in these environments. And to do that, you better monitor your pressure gauge. So be air aware. Always check it. Check your buddy's gauge. You know, at some frequency. Number five is ignoring anxiety as a factor. If you get nervous or a little tense, all calculations can be off. You can deplete your reserve tank much faster. It's like you're having vigorous exercise. So always try to maintain normal breathing. If you feel anxious. Keep a closer eye on your gas supplies because you are probably breathing faster than you had anticipated. Uh, the other item is, don't start diving with less than a full tank. Regardless how short an immersion you may contemplate, start your dive on less than a full tank they're recommending. Never descend to retrieve a lost piece of equipment or anchor if your tank is nearly empty. And quite often, everybody gets on board with 500 pounds. Darn it, anchor snagged. Who's going to go get it? Well, yeah, we've all done it, but it's not the smartest way to do it. Uh, the other one was not opening the tank valve all the way, especially as you go deeper. It gets harder to breathe. You can usually check that by looking at the swing on your pressure gauge. Are you getting a swing? Because you shouldn't. Uh, frequent depth change and BCD um, achievement. If you're yo-yo diving, you're increasing your air consumption. So you may be looking at your clock, but if you've been using that, you're not good at depth control, you're wasting your air. Uh, omitting pre-dive checklist and buddy check. Use a printed checklist, prevent mental lapses. Mental check class, or checklist is an oxymoron. And the last it said was equipment issues. Gas consumption can be, uh, can be affected if regulator is too hard to breathe. Secondary regulator has a slow leak. Regulators search to free flow during or due to freezing or debris. And, in fact, we talked, uh, the divers had a little comment on a club site the other day. He was in the St. Joe River, less than 10 minutes. Good regulators, recently serviced free flow. And I've, I've always had more free flows in a river in the ice than I ever have diving in a lake or something under the ice. But those are 10 items they talk about as the most common. Causes for out-of-air emergencies.
0: All very good points. Yeah, what's the saying? If you've uh, got air, you've got time?
1: Yep. I think most of us have been there back in our younger days when we didn't uh, pay attention like we're supposed to, like we just mentioned. You get down there and you realize that it's dark, you're cold, you're not exactly sure where you're at, and you're already at 500 pounds when you should have been by the anchor line that get you apprehensive and that leads to that the item called panic
0: yes yep so keep calm figure out a way to safely ascent if you're diving with a buddy like you should be use the appropriate signals and head on up best best of chance is uh to not be in the situation in the first place
1: yeah But I know a lot of us have been the situation where you finish the dive, anchor is caught, and it's like goes down there. You already got a possible deco behind you. You're you're building that up. And do you even look at the anchor when you went down? How badly is it snarled? Oh, yeah. So you're about ready with the uh, joke of the night?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I think if we're to that point, uh, got anything you want to plug real quick before we get going?
1: Well, or if you're going around here, I think there may be a few people traveling down to our world underwater on Saturday uh, yes. and Sunday.
0: Yes, uh, I won't be able to make it because I've got a uh, robotics scrimmage and we're getting to the end of our build season, which we got to put the robot in the bag. Oh, uh, next Tuesday, I think it is.
1: Well I know Kevin will be there because he'll be manning the booth at uh our world and both both days. Yes. Uh Jim from the dive shop will be there. He's got some uh training to get done. I'm gonna be with Mary Beth and Niles at the library, uh doing a presentation with them. Part of their program they've had for the month of Waterworld. So that should be entertaining. Uh, I did understand that there is not going to be ghost ships again this year. So it oh, sounds that's like that's gone by the wayside.
0: Yeah, you, you know, every every year you miss it makes it five times more unlikely it'll ever start again. Yep. Because you start losing that memory, you start losing the locations. People start making other plans. That's uh, going to be a tough one.
1: Yep. And then we still got, uh, what is it, the uh, March the 2nd. That's only a couple of weekends away. God, that's a great lake right down there in Ann Arbor.
0: Yep, yeah. and then uh, March is almost April.
1: Yep, well, in, in March you still got open house at Wolf's. That's going to be the 16th. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Always a
1: good chance for deals.
0: Yes, there's plenty and of And if you haven't
1: got your gear in to get it serviced, it be a real good time because then it's April and it's time to dive.
0: Yeah, because yeah, right now if everybody who dives were to get their their gear in, the dive shop would be busy all the way until dive season started for most of the – people who like the warmer weather. So I've got to dig my tanks out and take a look at them, make sure that they're all ready to go. So that'll be something I'll be doing here pretty soon.
1: So yeah, I just think, because you don't use your regulator and you leave it in the bag and you had it serviced and you hadn't used it hardly at all all year, all year doesn't mean you don't need to have that checked out again.
0: Yeah. It, it's a dry rod
1: or a, dry stuff can really do some damage to
0: you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's certain it's certain to do, and I know mine's due for it, so I need to get that in. Well, I think we're to that sh- t- shine <laughs> to that. The time of the show, are you ready?
1: I am sitting down.
0: Okay, here we go. We have a biologist, a chemist, and a statistician are out hunting. The biologist shoots at the deer and misses five feet to the left. The chemist takes a shot and misses five feet to the right. The statistician yells, we got him. I don't know. I guess maybe that was a big data thing.
1: It must have been unless he shot it down the middle, but never (laughs) said he fired. So I don't know. I'm waiting for the punchline there.
0: Oh, you you don't want me to explain it to you.
1: Well, you said we got him.
0: Well, because because. Five feet to the left, then five to the feet to the right. It averaged out that it would have hit him. Well, if Uh, okay,
1: (laughs) from that aspect, yes.
0: Okay, maybe maybe we need a different one. I guess
1: (laughs) you had another one.
0: Let me see. I'll I'll take a quick peek through here to see. You're glutton. Oh, some of these are a little obscure. Yeah, this one kind of in the cold weather. That it might be a hard one to get. It said, "Did you hear about the man who got cooled to absolute zero? He's okay now." And the reason that one's supposed to be funny is because that would be 0 Kelvin is absolute zero. Okay. I
1: about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, some of these are great computer jokes. Uh, let me see.
1: Uh, we can save one.
0: You you think we could save one? Yeah, we might. Here's one. I I don't know if it's any better. Uh, Einstein, Newton, and Pascal decide to play hide and seek. Einstein is it, closes his eyes and counts to 10, and then he opens them. Pascal is nowhere to be seen. Newton is sitting right in front of Einstein with a piece of chalk in his hand. He's sitting in a box drawn on the ground, one meter to one side. Einstein says, Newton, you're terrible. I found you. Newton says, no, no, no. You found one Newton per square meter. You found Pascal.
1: (laughs) Okay, that one I like.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, (laughs) so on that note, go out there and get wet.
1: And stay safe.